0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donnellan. I'm here today with uh, Braden Bullen. Braden, after about 20, 25 minutes of technical difficulties, we got this off the ground. That's
1: right. right. Really good. Staying sane. Trying to, at least.
0: It's a tough time to stay uh, stay positive.
1: Yeah. And you? you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. I can't complain too much. Yeah. Everybody, there's no point complaining to anybody because everybody's in the exact same boat, you know?
1: You're like That's true.
0: You know when you, and, you know when you suffer in life and you feel like you're. Sometimes you feel like you're. It's your burden now. Everybody's got the exact same burden. So
1: yeah, I know? think you know I'm interested because I think it's. I think it's actually really healthy. Like, um. You know all the materialistic activities have kind of come to an end, right? You can't you can't be seen. You can't dress. Like, there's no need to do all those things, and so yeah, I think everybody has to just deal with their shit right now and. Uh, I think it's going to be quite healthy when you come out of yeah.
0: this. I'd like if we could have something, if we could have had that awakening without some people having to die and things, but yeah. you know, it is definitely, there's definitely an awakening for, for some people, you know, for sure. Uh, like I always, I used to think that everything was just constant. I would, sometimes I'd be looking at skyscrapers or buildings and stuff and I'd be like, wow, we live in the best time to be alive, which we do, but how yeah. fragile is it all? You know, it's all
1: so it's interesting. So true.
0: It's interesting, yeah. So, uh, how are you holding up anyway? What's the looks? Looks like a pretty nice day there right now.
1: It's beautiful. I mean, Toronto's had really good weather. We've had some rain, but uh, I think that's kind of nice. You're inside. Things are things are growing outside. The grass is green, so yeah, it's uh, everybody's a little happier for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have got tough uh, tough winters there. Yeah,
1: some of the worst. But yeah, this one was actually really good. Pretty intense.
0: I always think to myself like the first people that landed in Toronto and then mm-hmm. suffered the first winter and they're like, you know what? We're going to stay here Yeah. You know, like 200 years ago or whatever, 150 years ago. Like Adversity, uh,
1: right?
0: No, dope, no air conditioning, no central heating. Yeah, people like would have
1: just smelled horrible back then. That's so the- uh,
0: just to give a, a brief overview of the, what the podcast is, the podcast yeah. is basically a follow-up from a series of events that I was uh, hosting last year. Um, all these events, uh, future under 40, future capital, uh, ethic events, all these events, the one thing they have in common, I suppose the few things they have in common, but the one single thing is that it's all face to face interaction. So that has been eradicated. Obviously, that's no longer acceptable um, for the health and well being of people. So, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to introduce potential uh, guests of the event and people who came to the event to I suppose a wider podcasting community and uh, you're somebody that I was hoping to have at one of the events this year and um, mm-hmm. the under party event and maybe events moving forward. So I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and uh, kind of your background, your plans for COVID, your plans for the future. Yeah. So when you're ready, Absolutely. no pressure.
1: So what I do is completely real estate investment. That's, that is my, my main action every day and kind of fell into that it's something that i enjoyed you know and played with for a number of years and then over the last couple of years it's just entirely become the uh the main business activity i do i also you creatively or creatively on the side have been making a lot of music and i think the two things actually come in and to play together because uh outside after university i worked at a staffing company it's actually my family, staff, and company. I came in as a recruiter initially in the summer and then came in as an account manager after that. And it was interesting. Within probably, uh, I would say, two weeks of coming in as an account manager in Toronto, the branch just started to have a, uh, just really fall apart. A lot of, all, all the senior account managers quit. And uh, then that led to other account managers quitting and recruiters quitting. And, and essentially what was left and it started about two weeks, me coming in after about two months, it was just me and actually, uh, Elizabeth Calder, who was the, um, she was previous CIO for IBM. She was brought on, on, on a contract basis to restart that branch. But I had essentially, I was the only person. So I took on the accounts of everyone yeah. and uh, I went from having zero consultants, you know, within two months, you're, you're looking to have about 10 in your first year to having 58. And oh, wow. So not only was i in damage control but i was working on the jobs i was recruiting on those jobs myself and uh being involved actively and trying to hire and, and parse that out and what it kind of led into was um i eventually took over that branch and, and in the course of about a year we started a new financial service division and i worked in that position for i'd say about a year and uh part of the process in SI systems, which is the company I worked in, is if you're, you have to do multiple tests, but if you're of a certain caliber, you get to be put in what's called a leadership pipeline. And this is where all the, the life-changing kind of learning started to come about me admitting to myself what I really wanted to do. And so part of this leadership pipeline was a life coach. And, uh, actually today I'm being certified in this coaching technique. It's called uh, inquiry-based coaching. It's based off of the work by Byron Katie. And essentially every two weeks, I was having a one hour call with a life coach, just going through all my issues and and uh, checking base because a lot of the times, you know in companies we're we're dealing with you know physical issues, the business tasks, but you, you know we don't take a moment to to check in and are we happy? What's going wrong? Why are we unhappy? And after about a year of sessions with her provided by the company, I just finally admitted that that was not what I wanted to do. And obviously being part of a large company like that, I mean, SI Systems is the largest provider of IT consultants uh, in Canada. Uh, there was obviously a, a pipeline that I could have taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, to step away from that was a really big acknowledgement. And there was two things I kind of acknowledged is, you know, I need to find what that next thing is. And, uh, I also want to make music. And these are two things I hadn't really ever admitted to myself. Right. Like I, I don't necessarily know what that is, but I just finished a great degree and, um, worked really hard to get there. And it was kind of, you know, to the external eyes, you would think, well, you're kind of throwing it all, you know, to to shit, you're throwing it all away. Why would you do that? Yes. And, uh, because there was more for me. Right. So, um, During this entire time, I had always been doing real estate on the side, whether that was buying a condo refinancing that, buying another condo Uh, for our family. I was just advising, you call it advising, but really they're just conversations happening around the table, right? Of this is where I think if you have excess capital, you should buy condos here. And we started to develop a really solid real estate portfolio, you know, across Canada, but only in single, single units. And, uh, through this process, I moved to Vancouver. I tried a bunch of things, but eventually I just admitted I need to move back to Toronto and just focus on real estate entirely. And, and that's kind of where I am today. And i have been doing that, you know, for about two years. And uh, it's just been an exceptional decision because it's allowed me to focus on things that I like. And, and uh, so I'm able to allocate exceptional amounts of time. Um, you know, nothing's really a task for me. It's been very exciting, and we've made some very big moves in the real estate, you know, space for ourselves. But and predom-
0: uh, predominantly, is, is the real estate that you guys uh, purchase? Is, is that in Toronto mainly? That's
1: mainly yeah. In Toronto. So, yeah. So, you know, we have a really simple criteria. I mean, yeah. If you, you don't would, have
0: to give me your secret sauce now or anything. Don't no, worry. No.
1: You know, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to find this book. Uh, it's out here, but I'll grab it once so I can just show it. To okay. You. Yeah. You know, but the interesting thing. Uh, it's this book. I mean, this thing's great. If you read this, it's, it's called creating and growing real estate. Wealth. it's, 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 um, by, uh, William (laughs) Horvue. But the interesting thing is if you read this, it's a really good analogy of my story. You know, it's, it's multiple renditions of people's real life experiences, how they got into real estate. And the thing you'll learn about real estate is none of it's rocket science. You know, it's not trading stocks. It's not working in a hedge fund. It's it's uh, it's having a really specific set of criteria and and an ability to see value and unlock value. Most of the value in real estate is unlocked in its first year of acquisition, right? right? So a new buyer sees it. They either see they can uh, add floors or renegotiate leases, whatever it may be. And so that's a great book that would kind of actually explain how I got to where I am. And the real estate we do today is. it's an investment portfolio and and it was part of my strategic decision to completely sell out all of condos across Canada because the amount of cash the 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 amount of uh, pressure that puts on your cash flow with condo fees is uh, exceptional, and you have no control over that. so uh, I've systematically sold over condos, and now we've we've just gone into purchasing mixed use residential and commercial, so we have full control over. The lease agreements; we have full control over capital expenditure allocations, and so um, that's been just a. a have amazing. you found
0: Have you found it difficult, I suppose, for some of the tenants now, obviously with the big pause with everything that's going on?
1: Yeah, I think that leads to your next question. Absolutely, you know, and that's another thing with real term things. So, for some of our commercial, some of our commercial tenants are grocery stores, um, you know, a cheese shop, uh, things like these that. They're actually, their sales have gone up. Which right, really okay, different. yeah, yeah. Um, we have other tenants like a pub, um, a coffee shop that are completely closed down. We've just deferred those rent periods and we're still having them pay their TMI payments, which is just uh, taxes, maintenance, insurance. So, yes. you know, some of that is, um, we're gonna collect it all over the remaining term of that lease. So, say the, the coffee shop is another five years we'll defer the rent for three months and then we'll spread that deferred rent over the remaining term.
0: Um, yeah, okay. payments. Yeah. So it won't
1: be that big of an impact. And then in terms of the actual residential tenants, our particular strategy is, uh, is to buy brownstone buildings that are about three stories tall. And it puts you in a bracket in Toronto where your tenants are, they're not, they're not doing horrible. You know, they're not doing amazingly well, right. They don't own their own condo. But they're kind of in a compression zone that they have rent that's controlled because they've been living in these units for so long that, you know, when they should be paying, let's say, 2800 bucks a month, they're paying 1400 And so it's actually been easier for them to make their rent payments. Yes. And if they're not able to make the rent payments, let's say, after three months, they're still not able to make even portions, you know, on the recovery. Let's say we have tenants now that are six months without any rent. If we have to – find those tenants do homes you know we'll help them do that but the new tenants coming in will come in at a much higher rate so it it puts you in a it's we've, we've put ourselves in a strategic position that actually allows for us to uh be quite successful through a time like this and that in particular after this it really puts us in a in a place to um you know excel so there's 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 people that don't have that situation that just happened to be you know, us in a good position, um, you know, with, without actually thinking. We didn't know this was going to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah.
0: Me neither. I, I did not know either.
1: We always buy real estate <laughs> to plan for economic downturns. Right. And um, like, we're, we don't have a bunch of retail stores. You know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So it, it makes a like right? huge difference.
1: So we do build that into the model. And uh, it's, it's so far, it's done us well. So knock on wood. But we're working with everyone to make sure they have a home and a roof over their head. Brilliant. Tell me about uh, your music. Yeah. So this was, this was a really interesting thing for myself cause I think I, you know, I, I would challenge anyone. Um, we often have inclinations inside of us to do certain things that could be surfing and you'd never surfed before. Maybe you're 35, you know, and, and uh, you're like, it's just too late. But the thing is, I, I just admitted, I wanted to make music. And so started by, just reaching out to friends and saying, does anybody know anyone? I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't singing. I wasn't, I, I freestyled, you know, sometimes with friends, it was fun, but, uh, I just reached out and I eventually got paired with a producer and we started creating some songs. And then after I realized I could create beats with producers, compose those and write lyrics, I started making more. And then I would get feedback My lyricism. Isn't very strong. So I would just write, you know, yes. I, I, uh, I try to write at least a song a week and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll write five songs a week, you know, sometimes I, I, I write none, but it's the, the creationary aspect. But by me admitting that truth to myself, it's just unlocked, uh, just a big fire inside me, right? It really motivates me. And it also allows myself to be more honest with other things. You know, if I don't like that, well, then maybe I should not do that, right? Yeah. If I don't like this relationship, that's probably not a relationship I should be in. Um, yeah, j- just admitting inner truths is, is a big part of uh, my lifestyle. So by doing that, it's just been fantastic. And first song is going to come out on May 8th.
0: Oh, cool. Where is Definitely. it? Gonna, where, where, where can we find it?
1: Everywhere. It'll be on iTunes, Spotify, you name it. It's Whatever uh, there's music. Cool. Yeah, exactly. My dog, I think is chewing my, uh, Bluetooth cables here. So I, I apologize. If there's oh,
0: you're okay. You're good. You're good.
1: Yeah. Something going on in the background there. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's been such a such a cool learning opportunity, and now I'm actually gonna. I think I'm gonna merge the two in the future. We have I have the real estate background, and along with doing real estate for my family office, I also have a real estate company for myself. Okay, and um, where I'm doing kind of more, uh, you could say, higher risk projects. What we do in our family office, what I do for our family office, is um, purchase buildings that I can. Optimize so we have once renegotiating leases. I mean if you look at you're able to increase the bottom line income by You know, let's say 20% in your first year That's a you know, that's a 20% return on your investment when you leverage it You know that return on your investment in that first year becomes substantial the projects. I'm doing personally are You know a full gut and renovation Okay, um, a smaller size building and then it's already vacant and then re renting that out and once that's done I would like to merge, you know, that with actually maybe opening a studio. So, um, finding a piece of property that could have other tenants to support the actual running of that asset. And then, you know, have a actual space in there for myself as well as this, uh, these two producers I've been working with and try to kind of give them as well as myself, the opportunity to flourish by just putting ourselves in the right environment.
0: Yeah. Nice. Sounds unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the mix, if you could have, if you could have your, I suppose your hobby playing off. Well, they're both, they're both the uh, interests of yours. So. That'd be totally. A, yeah, you know what, I I
1: find it's interesting. I was talking to someone um, just yesterday about just the two things I'm doing, you know, typically one person, they would choose to, you know, be a, an artist or they would choose to run an investment fund. And the interesting thing is that he said, you know, you can do both if you never sleep. And, uh, but you can do that. You could actually add another thing in there. It's, it's just, are you willing not to watch the Netflix? Are you willing to go to bed early? Yeah. If you're up for 16 hours, that's a lot of time.
0: Yeah. There, yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody, somebody told me before, um, it's not that there isn't time. It's just that it isn't a priority for you. You know?
1: There's yeah. If, right. if it's
0: a priority, you'll make the time so
1: exactly i mean you would know better i think than anyone else you have, a, you have a million things you know going on but i took that um piece from who wrote uh oh man he's a self-improvement guy and he's got a book and it's all just about all the top people in, in the world and athleticism and i'm having a brain fart tools of titans by tim ferris uh, okay yes yeah and uh he was asked in a podcast they said how do you have time for all your things because tim ferris i mean he, we're doing maybe two or five things. Tim Ferriss appears to be doing about a hundred, yeah, yeah, and you know they asked him like, how do you allocate time throughout your day? And he said, you know I wake up and I take my dogs for a really long walk to start, and during that walk, I just think about the three things that I want to get done, and I do those three things, and I do them incredibly well and you know it's typically 80% of success comes off of 20% of your activity right in a business. And so if you can just really hone down and some fires are going to be started, I mean, you know, just acknowledging which fires can burn is, uh,
0: yeah. You know, so you're a busy, busy guy. What do you like to do then in your spare time? What do you, what's outside of work? What, what do you enjoy? What, uh, what helps you relax?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, um, I, when I'm relaxing, sometimes I'm projecting cash flows, you know, at night. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty relaxing.
0: Know,
1: yeah. <laughs> it'd be interesting. You know, cause it's a model for me where it's like, wow, I can re- we can, we can get that. And I apologize for the shadowing. It sounds okay, kind of loud, okay. but
0: Most people, are, most people are going to listen. I think anyway.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's, it's um, I spend my time doing those two things. Cause I just made the conscious decision that there was a part, you know, a portion of my life where I definitely had a lot of free time. Now I have less of that free time because it's those those art and music and real estate have just flourished for me where I can spend all my time in those things. And those things really do allow me to relax. Like um as weird as that sounds. So in my spare time, I'm writing, you know, I'm I'm working on various different models. And um because to be honest, I, I force myself to read. I don't love reading, you know, but I have to continue learning. Um as I mentioned, I, uh, I have a dog, you know, so that guy keeps me sane. He's been a great quarantine buddy, but I, I take him for walks and you know, it's, um, I, I you know, a very, very simple, I think in those regards, when I'm, when I'm not locked up, uh, I tend to be socializing, you know, a lot. And, yeah. um, my socialization habits really changed through the life work I've been doing. And, um, you know, so I have, probably in Toronto about 10 people that I spend majority of my time talking to and hanging out with, but, um, doing really interesting stuff. So, um, one of my friends, for example, Jeremy Ryan, Rein, Ryan he, he owns great a guy, he's a life insurance firm. Yeah. We, a great guy. And, um, you know, an example of how I'm spending my time, my free time, we did a session this last, a uh, couple days ago called shadow work, where we just went and looked at the darkest parts of ourselves. So, I definitely have some issues and uh, I've everybody, definitely had everybody moments. does, you know, exactly. And we have moments in our life where we're ashamed of them, or we we've, um, we've partied too hard. We've made, made bad decisions. We've acted egotistical. We've been arrogant. We've hurt someone. There's all these things. And it was just, we just talked about those for about two hours through a set of questions, sharing them, trying to acknowledge that the dark side is something that's within you. Right? So, Instead of trying to package it in a box and put it away, you know, I shouldn't be doing these activities. What activities would give me the same kind of euphoria or 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 same kind of result? You know that I that that dark side needs to connect to, but these activities wouldn't make you feel ashamed about them, right? And so we're just you know doing stuff like that. And of course, when I do get kind of uh, overwhelmed or exhausted, I I will check out and and uh, you know binge watch the odd Netflix, uh, things like that. But
0: what do you, what are you watching in quarantine?
1: You know, a series I've, I've I've started and I've just gone through the first half was money heist. It's fantastic. I tend to watch, um, a lot of, uh, films like that, you know, or, or series like that, that are kind of like intellectually stimulating in the sense of, uh, thinking and strategy and and
0: um, so no, nothing. no, no Tiger King. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I did. You know, I didn't enjoy it that much, though. I thought it was kind of like talking about a lot of like hearsay. You know, yeah, you know, it took yes. a yes. while to get through yes. Tiger Kings. You know, yes. it. Yes. Uh, that's it. Was it was funny? You know, it's very it's interesting. Comical. It's comical. There's more riveting things. You've you got know? a pretty,
0: like, uh, you got a pretty trippy kind of picture on the wall behind you there. So for yeah, anybody, anybody that awesome. can't see it, it's a, uh, it's a Tiger King special. It's a, it's a tiger. But it's like, um, it's multicolored. It's almost like a, um, kind of like a bit of a trip, you know, it's a tiger with loads of different colors. Tell me, tell me about that. It's an impressive yeah. piece of artwork.
1: It's, uh, it's interesting. If you saw my place, it's full of art. Okay. And, uh, because I'm very, uh, I think I'm an artist above anything. And part of the real, one of the reasons why I love and connected real estate so much is because it's art, it's space. It connects to you energetically. Um, you know, any personal property I live in has to be southwest facing. It needs to have floor-to-ceiling windows. It Needs to be um, in a certain community. You know that I can connect to that inspires me. But the story behind this guy was years ago I uh, was in Thailand and I was in an art market and I saw it. I just loved it. I connected to it. You know, I, I love the energy. I also have animals and they're what they symbolize to me are a very big thing. I I have my um, a left arm sleeve and it's it's compiled of um all animals that have attributes that I aspire to have. And uh, for various reasons. But this guy, um, you know, you can obviously connect with it. its its uh its bravery, it's courageousness, it's ferocity. You yeah. know, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so when I bought it, I hadn't I, I didn't have a place. I was still in school. I finished my degree in Hong Kong at um HKU and uh did quite a bit of traveling while I was there. I also studied okay. Buddhism. And um I said when I bought that, you know, wherever it is in my life that I end up living, I want this to be the center of my space that I spend time in, Um, you know, looking behind that because I want that to be my energy projecting outwards. And I I put that into the world probably about four years before it had a wall space that was big enough to be on. And and there it is. And ironically enough, what I'm looking at right now is it's a view of the uh, Toronto skyline. And I have just a ginormous desk I was involved. Was in Bali with my family and we, we, there's a woodworker there and they made this desk that um, it was actually a dining room table for eight people or sorry, 10 people. And it's just um, in Bali, their long houses have their front doors. It's interesting in Bali, their whole family, an extended family lives in one house. Okay, you know, yeah, That's yeah. how they operate. And uh, they have these beautiful carved pieces of wood over the front door. And it's one of those. And it just supports this glass. And so it's behind my desk. And behind my workstation and that's where I have my recording uh, demo situation on one side and my workstation on the other. And I just think that's really interesting. You put something like that into the world and, and it comes, but everything here is, is from a different country. But that is from that, that face mask there is uh, from the jungles in Sri Lanka. Okay. And, um, when I grew up uh, at about 10 years old, my parents really got into Hinduism. I probably spent about two years of my life on an ashram in uh, India. And uh, that came from there. And uh, above that is a Halloween mask from uh, the Philippines. So cool. all, all things that, uh, you know, cash for, ca- capture experiences in my life and just surround myself with them. So you'd probably think I'm super eclectic uh, when you come here. Oh, to it, looks,
0: it looks great. And uh, I obviously know your dad as well. He's a great guy. I think you spent some yeah. time living in uh, Ireland as well, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yes, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: Brilliant. So, well, story. Well-traveled.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. He's he's definitely uh, you know one of the big reasons I think I make a lot of the risks and decisions. Um, I think if you asked any of my family members, I'm probably the least adverse to making risky decisions, specifically when it comes to capital. You know, uh, yeah. which is kind of allowed me to get. I'm not making stupid decisions, at least by my mindset, right? They've they've tended to work out, but yeah, uh, no risk, no reward. Exactly. But a lot of uh, the things I've learned is, is from him. And you were right. He, he did live in Ireland for a period of time until he went bankrupt. And that's when he moved back to um, uh, or he didn't very clear bankruptcy, but he was broke. And that's another story. But um, moved back to Canada and started his company underneath a, a bridge in a, in an office space that was um, just loaned him by a friend, you know, for free. And, my mom was his uh, accountant and bookkeeper and her dad was his, uh, uh, he he helped too. I can't remember what his tasks were. Maybe he was the accountant and bookkeeper, but that's where it all started. So, um, you know, you hear stories like that and, and uh, or you live with people that live, live stories like that and it kind of fires you up to to do more. So, yeah, lucky yeah. in that regards, that's for sure.
0: So, just kind of touching on, I suppose, the overaction theme of the whole world right now. What's your... What do you think is going to be the lasting effect of this? You know, say for your industry, for people our age, people older, people younger, what, whatever. What do you think is going to change as a, as a result of this? It's kind of mm. it's a question that I've been asking um, people who have been guests on the event uh, on this, uh, sorry, on this podcast to see what your yeah. opinion is, you know? What do you think?
1: My opinion is very positive in the sense that I think we're going to enter a renaissance period after this of um, a ton of artistic creation. I think uh, the the biggest reason why is that, you know, if you're asked to, if you're a socialite, let's say, and you're asked to spend months at home with yourself, you know, you go crazy, but after a period of time, you have to start dealing with your unhappiness. So you have to start looking for things you love, ways to spend your time conversations with people because you don't necessarily want to reach out to everybody right now. People don't feel that social. And yeah. uh, I think what's going to happen is, uh, you know, a shift in idealism, you know, away from kind of this, I really need a fancy car, I really need to live in a big place, I need to have that hot wife and, and uh, just cash, you know, and the ability to throw it out wherever I, I think those things will still be, you know, important to some people, but I think there's going to be more personalities that are actually driven by I want to do this. I don't have a job and I've had time to read books on this. You know, I'm going to be a digital marketing agent, you know, because it's something I've always wanted to do. Or maybe they've started to get little contracts at home or, you know, working on freelancer.com. I I think that uh, when you're stuck with yourself, you have to start admitting who you are to yourself. And so I think through that process, we're going to see a society that's well well, more equipped to uh, go after what it is they truly like, and for those reasons, when you do things, you know, my dog. When you do things that you know you truly connect to that you love, you just have another, you know, another gas tank always available, right? And and it's so much easier for you. So I think we're going to see a fitter world. I think we're going to see a world that eats better. I think we're going to see a world where people are in positions they're they're better suited for. I think we're going to see a world where people are more willing to learn. Uh, I think we're going to see a massive influx back into education. So we're going to have a more educated workforce. Uh, I think we're going to have a greater sense of nationality, you know, not to say that I think anybody should be welcome to live anywhere in the world. But for those that already live in a country, I think it's going to bring them together. And uh, I think we're going to see a deeper level of friendship and appreciation for the friendship. So, you know, for the economic side effects, w- you know, which are huge right now, I think the 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 cost versus the reward is going to be minor, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we um, exit this as a world a little more enlightened. And uh, I think it's going to be great. I th- think it's actually one of the best things that could have happened to us. I don't wish anybody you know was was dying. That part's sad, but um, you know, through any great depression, always comes the greatest growth period. So yeah. um, I'm actually quite excited because I think it's a truly unique time. The whole world has essentially gone to war against something. Yes. Statistically after wars are done is, is the greatest time of growth. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I I really am. And
0: another question for you, any budding entrepreneurs, professionals, people who are a little bit unsure of themselves right now, what advice would you give them coming out of this and during this? What would you, what do you advise people do?
1: You know, it's interesting. I just went through an exercise like this with my dad. I'm not involved in the staffing company. We still, we still have some, some conversations sometimes. And we went through this exercise yesterday. How do you prepare a company in order to take advantage of the situation? And also, you know, right now to be, to be able to sustain its cash flow and whatnot. And I think the thing for entrepreneurs is use this as an opportunity to practice. You know, if you have no time at home and you've always wanted to get into digital marketing or you've always wanted to get into real estate, start going for walks. Look at homes one of the best things that I do with my dog uh, to understand real estate is I walk around Toronto and uh, I just look at things that inspire me. I think that's cool. They could build two homes there, you know, um, with, with separate basement suites. I really love that architecture. So there's such an opportunity for people to dive deep into things they've never had the time to do. And then I would say, just don't have the fear of enacting on those coming out of those. That's the, the quickest. We're, we're so quick to get rid of, things we love because it's difficult, you know, to make them into things that create money for us, but yeah. I would say struggle with that. And, um, the other thing I would say is it's just going to be a fact that right now there's a substantial amount of layoffs and they've already occurred and there will be more that will continue to happen. But as soon as things come back on because of all the layoffs, there will be a huge hiring, uh, uh opportunity. So, If you've you know wanted to work at these top ten firms, you've never worked at one of them, or you've wanted to work in this different industry. I would be making a list of those companies. I would be making a list of the industries I'm interested in. I would be honing in on my resume. I would be practicing skills. Learning piano. I'm learning piano right now. I would do life work. You know, I I would do coaching strategies. I'd be learning. You know, I think it's uh, Stanford or Harvard is allowing all of their education, which is now transferred to online, to be open resources. I think it's. I think it's maybe um, Harvard. And so anybody can tune in you know, to a world-class institution and start getting educated in those fields. So I would say make your list. Start reaching out you yeah. know, to those people and just say, because you better bet when this comes back online, if you've already had a conversation with someone, that's way easier than going through 100 resumes or 1,000 resumes, right? Yeah. So I would say just get really focused on where you plan to be because this is temporary. And, um, there's this, there's this uh, book called The Power of Habit, which just says that your brain is pretty much hardwired from ha- habits it does, except for one, one, one thing that re- allows your brain to be malleable, and that is traumatic life experiences. I think the economy is very like that as well. People get hired into jobs they might not have gotten hired into before. Things are going to be different, how things work, how companies' hiring policies are, the kind of talent they're willing to bring in. So I would be getting really clear on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I'd already start going after that. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're out of time.
1: Thank you. Okay. So much. That
0: was a blast buddy. Come here. Um, before you go, if people want to find out about your companies or find out more about you online, where should they look?
1: Yeah. So, um, the only thing they can find 100. me on yeah, is, is my music, you know, everything financially because we're, We're, um, you know, in the family business is very private. Perfect. So, you know, I don't have a LinkedIn. I don't have anything of those sorts, but my music is, is, uh, they can follow my artist name, which is Brayden Alexander. And that's B-R-A-Y-D-E-N Alexander. And, uh, yeah, my Instagram account is honey only comes from bees. That's actually the first name of the first album there. And uh, nice. happy to stay connected on there. If anybody had any questions, you know, they, you, you could send them to me. I'd happy to have a one on one chat with them. I think that's uh, most valuable.
0: All right, buddy. Good to Okay, see Sean. You.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for stay that. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Okay. Keep love it. Okay. Right. Great. Enjoy Good your
0: luck. day. Ladies and gents, that's the end of the podcast with Braden. Terrific guy. Can't thank him enough for coming on. Really had a blast recording that podcast. Please.
1: Like, subscribe and share and uh, tune in again next week for the next future podcast.